Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hey, we're live! (laughs) We are back again. Back again. Uh, things are getting things are getting better. Things are getting closer. Things are getting better. Mm-hmm. I had a fantastic day. Marissa, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I didn't plan out my day. I had like I went to get my retake of my antibody test. I'm like, it's a total different day, but I'm here and I'm rocking this new jersey. Sea Grease FC from Icarus. Whatever. I don't know. It's a cool jersey. And I feel like the Tiger Queen. <laughs> yeah, How we love we look good. We love those Icarus FC kits. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to get one of like the black and yellow one with like the collar because I was like, I can rock that at work, no problem. It's got a yeah. nice little. It's a little more formalized, but I couldn't pull the trigger. My wife would probably be mad if I came home with yet another kit. Uh, <laughs> but things are going well. I mean, we're gonna win the league. Um, two points away. Although Real Sociedad didn't do so well today, but um, they're kind of tanking. But uh, Chris, you had a good day today too. Yeah, man. First hat trick pre- since F- Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> hey, man. You know what? We're still trying to get that fourth fourth spot, man. Go, go, Manchester United. And if Man City ends up getting banned, that fifth spot might be might be enough to get you into Champions League. So. Yeah, but Manchester City's not done doing a couple of uh, missions for us. <laughs> um, Can we not yeah. talk about English Premier League, please? Uh, Let's like, just stop talking about it. Thank that's you. That's fine. Don't, don't worry. Arsenal hasn't shown up yet, so we won't talk about them. Um, oh, my Arsenal. Now, it's, it's, I can like feel the energy around. Uh, town and around uh, on the on the interwebs uh, with the team coming back. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, um, AV posted some uh, live shots from practice today, including a very nice build-up goal for uh, the Fairweather or for the uh, San Diego Loyal against San Diego Loyal. Um, so I don't know if I'm happy they scored a goal or mad that they let up a goal. But either way, it's good to see them out there as a team playing, um, talking to the players before. I know they were super stoked to get back out there, um, zero negative te- or zero te- positive tests, uh, which mm-hmm. is also a, a good sign. Uh, so things lo- are looking pretty decent here in San Diego, um, and we well, have a guest. Also they have they also have cool masks, which I believe they're like working on them. So it'd be oh, yeah. cool to walk like a san diego loyal like mask around town since now they're required you know yep yep oh and um those stickers don't forget those stickers they talked about them last time uh Mm -hmm. they are gonna they are gonna happen uh so keep your eye out for uh those uh loyalized stickers uh that travis peterson put together uh keep your eye out because they are going to be limited edition and you're gonna want to get some um but we have a special guest to help us talk about some of the happenings in the league. Um, we're going to uh, bring on um, a fellow Liverpool fan, but also <laughs> secondary is the director of communications for the USL. Uh, 
We are proud to welcome in Scott Stewart. How are you doing, Scott? Welcome, Scott. <laughs> Alan, I'm great, Marissa. Thank you very much. I, I think that it is only right of you to state my Liverpool fandom as the number one priority <laughs> as it relates to who I truly recognize myself as. It's great to be here. Obviously, I'm, I'm stoked to, um, to have a great conversation with you guys. And I've already loved a lot of what I've seen from San Diego. Yeah, we're, we have fallen in love with the USL. I was super stoked because I was following the league a little bit before. And then I was super stoked that USL um, put a franchise in San Diego and everything kind of came together. So we're really excited. Um, obviously, the excitement peaked. And then now we've been in like a holding pattern. But uh, the town is very excited to get back playing. Uh, but I just want to talk, maybe uh, find out a little bit about who you are and your journey to the league office. Um What's your soccer origin story? Like, where did it all begin for you? Yeah, great question. So I played as a kid, but at, at about age nine, I realized that I was going to be um, about as bad and good as I would ever be, which is is both a compliment and an insult, mainly an insult. Um, so I gave up on soccer for a long time. I picked it up when I was 16. Um, large, large credit to, to Liverpool FC. But as well, I had a, I had a radio show in high school. Um, and it was called In the Net. I'll never forget it. I had a broadcast partner, a great friend, Alex Eaton. Um, we talked about soccer, lacrosse, hockey, just sort of the the outside the line sports at that point in time, right? Like it was um, soccer back in in twenty, gosh, twenty ten, two thousand nine was probably when the when the show started. Was not the the major sport, still isn't the preeminent sport in the United States, right? But I took a took a huge interest in it. Um, fell in love with Liverpool, fell in love with, with the European game, um, and then slowly but surely um, got called out for being a Euro snob and accepted that very well um, and have since prioritized the game uh, here in America more than ever. But it's, um, it's a huge blessing, right? I think soccer unites people in a way that, that many other sports just can't quite claim the, the same affinity for. Um, and what's most important is we are in we're in communities big and small, but the most important important part is, excuse me, is that we're in communities, right? We're we're engaging with fans on a local level. We are constantly making sure that that fans' voices are the the number one voice when it comes to decisions that we make at the league level. Um, and USL, specifically the championship, but League One, League Two, it, it goes from top to bottom. It's an incredible product, but most important, we have incredible supporters, and um, it's been a blessing. It's been a huge blessing to be involved in in this sport here in this country. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you mentioned community and we just had our community episode. I don't know if you were able to catch it, but that I think is one. I mean, I'm new to USL, so like it was very, I was very raw when it came to like learning about the league and like really understanding. But I think it really fits perfectly with San Diego because that is what, why I love soccer here is because of the community and all the people. So I think it's like a perfect type of league to be here, even though, you know, we did want the MLS and maybe we still eventually will get it. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's been really amazing. So I'm glad that the community is here and thank you so much for joining us. You know, obviously we want to talk about the USL. Um, I have a question. Great, though. That's, a, that's a credit to Warren and AV and Landon, right? Like those are the people who are tapped into San Diego. It wouldn't have happened had they not had that real community um, almost tribalism tied to San Diego and, and really the surrounding region, right? Like 
I, I think it would, it, I would just be remiss to take any credit for a project that was never my own, right? You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that's the special part about USL in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a group effort. They uh, they tapped into the to the fire that's in all of us, and uh, we're ready to hopefully watch a game, a match. I don't know what to call it still. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, yeah, so talking about the league coming back, um, what are you looking forward to? Oh, man. That's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> no, um, by far, I think the the leading answer would be not just the ability to to see these guys back on the field, right? Because I think that's a lot of uh, a lot of there's a lot of misconception out there as to how quality the actual play is itself, right? Like this is a professional league, and these guys are incredible, right? I think. Um, I hate to remind you guys of of week one, but but people like Junior Burgos don't score a goal like he scores every single week, right? Like that, not something that is, um, that is, that is normal in the soccer world, but that's, that's sort of the beauty of it. Right. So I'm looking forward to seeing these guys back out there. I'm looking forward to the competition structure, sort of the, the model that the league has going on. But um, most important is the, the opportunity to welcome fans back in venue where appropriate. Right. I think that um, to be the first professional sports league in the country, that is able to welcome back fans in venue, I think is hugely significant. I think it's a it's a pride point, but it's also just a testament to the the task force that we serve on between MLS and NWSL and the Federation, but also the health and wellness protocols that the operations team and, and a lot of the competition team have worked on to be able to get us to this moment now. But um, long-winded, let's just play some soccer at this point. Let's just get back out there and let's see the thing we're all craving right now. Now, I know you spent some time in Louisville, if I pronounce that correct. Yes, that's Perfect. right. I always have to remind myself it's not Louisville. Yeah, it's Louisville. Louisville. Um, They're very accepting, though. They'll take anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know that market has been, like, one of the premier markets in, in the USL. And we saw what they put out for their for their fans. How important for the league is it to kind of – have that stadium reopen and what can you know what does that mean for the usl right now and how big of it is it to get fans into that stadium to open that stadium up um in a way that it deserves to be open yeah great question uh, so I'd be remiss if I didn't I didn't mention that I'm an Indianapolis guy. I'm Indy born and bred. I work for <laughs> um, but I've got to get it out there just because that's the that's the Hoosier in me. But my time in Louisville was great. Obviously, what Lynn Family Stadium represents to the championship as a whole, but also the American soccer scene in general is hugely significant, right? I mean, we're talking about a stadium that technically has more capacity than the Vitality Stadium in Bournemouth, right? Now we're now we're building stadiums in the second division in this country that can hold near the amount of people that a Premier League stadium can hold. And that's that's huge, right? But as it relates to fans, um, sort of the beauty about of the, the project in Louisville is that that's going to stand the test of time, right? And I mean, of course, you're going to have to renovate. You might have to upgrade a little bit here and there. But we are going to get that stadium at full capacity when it is appropriate to be at full capacity. So we would have taken we would have taken anything, right? I think Louisville was 
what did a great job stipulating they're looking at models for 25, 33% capacity. I mean, um, I think it was, it was great that governor Annie Bashir up there in Kentucky decided that 50% was an appropriate number, but it's, it's on the club and it's a credit to the club to do their due diligence to say, Hey, 50% might be the governmental standard, but we also need to make sure that we feel comfortable that we're listening to our fans, that our fans are comfortable coming back. And it might, um, it might take a little bit for all of us to, to be able to adjust to and to get used to, but man, that, that place is a Mecca of soccer and it is going to be a shining light and a bright, bright example for what the rest of we, what we hope the, the championship continues to pursue. We have great proposals in Indianapolis and New Mexico. We have stadiums and ground broken in Charlotte, obviously, but as well as Colorado Springs. So we're well on the way there. Um, I think what what you've seen our president, Jake Edwards, touch on with Sports Illustrated, but other outlets as well, is that as we approach the 2026 World Cup in North America, we want to be building and, and implementing as many soccer-specific stadiums as possible because we know that's going to be the true growth metric of soccer here, and it's only evidenced by what Louisville has done. Their success on the field has led to success off it in terms of them getting their own place, but man alive, look at them and what they're going to be able to accomplish with their own venue and, and all their impeccable training facilities and what that's going to offer players. Um, it's it's just going to be a huge driver for the league as a whole, and, and it's a project that I'm sure they are massively proud of, um, but you can never take it lightly, you know what I mean? And another one more question about stadiums. Um, who gets to 100% soccer-specific stadiums first, USL or MLS? Man, I would love it to be USL, right? But I think what is difficult is as you look at USL, you're talking about not just the MLS2 clubs that are in there as well, but you're also talking about 47 clubs that make up both professional leagues as a whole, right? You've got the 35 in the championship and the 12 in League One. That's a much bigger number. And I think you could argue that MLS's infrastructure is set up a little bit differently. But listen, our goal is always going to be to pursue soccer-specific homes for the sake of the last word of that, right? We love the soccer specific part, but these clubs that are ingrained in their communities that, that do such a great job of representing their fans, these are the clubs that deserve their own homes, that need that to show their fans, listen, this is a testament to your faithfulness, but it's also a testament to what we want to achieve as a club. And we've been really encouraged by a lot of the community initiatives that we've seen, especially throughout the pandemic, but, but especially to have a club like Louisville show the way forward as it relates to garnering and, and really building your own home from the ground up. That is a really special showing and one that we hope that all of our professional communities get to experience at one point or another. I can't wait for the day. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I can't wait to go to all these places. You know, I'm talking yeah. selfishly now, you know, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of, that was kind of one of the things that I like I'm missing out on the, the matches being played because I love to travel and I was like, you know, Chris is in New Mexico. So I was like, okay, we're going to go to New Mexico. Southwest is, you know, $39 flights. Like we're doing it and then <laughs> go to Vegas. Like, so that's one of the things I'm kind of bummed about the league and all of this crazy virus stuff that's going on. Um, but it's okay. It'll happen soon. Right. Yes. absolutely. <laughs> When and you come here, what are you looking for? Okay, I know you want to come here to watch the match with us and like sit with the locals and eat tacos too. I've heard you yeah. all have an insane food scene, so let me in on some of that. 
Wow, we got, there. Chris, Chris, we got to the food like we got to the food topic like so quickly. I think it's like the record record time. Yeah, record yeah. time. Hey, there right was no, I'm just gonna brag on myself a little bit. If it was gonna be anybody, it was gonna be me. The, the <laughs> has never been more real. Thank you, COVID, for what you have provided on the <laughs> snack side of my life. Uh, yeah. Well, now we have to do a competition between you and Alexis from the Cooligans because y'all both talked about food pretty pretty quickly. So I will, I will willingly yield to Alexis because he's a fantastic dude. Um, and I deserve <laughs> to take a back seat there, but just don't underestimate. Like if you see me come back with a with an entire plate of tacos, I'm talking like five, six, just don't judge me, you know. But we're all here to be friends. We're all here to enjoy the beautiful game and maybe occasionally yeah. good food. Five or six tacos is what I call a snack. So there will be no judgment. No judgment here. You gotta get you gotta get like one of each that you want to try, and then you gotta go back for like another one of like your favorite. So like how can you know? Right. Impressions right. are great, but they're only first impressions. Let's give everybody a fair shake, you know? <laughs> yeah. Tacos. Now I'm hungry. Thanks. So what's your what's your go-to uh, COVID snack slash meal. I know Chris has asked that question before, so we got to go there. Let's go. Yeah, no, I literally just named it. I've made more tacos in my life than I, I've, I've made more tacos in these last three months than I have in, in my life at this duration. So it's let, been let, a, a drastic let, increase of tacos made. Let, let me put a spin on it like this then, you know, since uh, you were obviously very handy around the kitchen, how many different types of foods have you made that resemble tacos? That's great, man. That's a great question. So we've done we've done chicken, we've done steak, we've done pork, we've done barbacoa. So I think we've we've hit a lot of the major taco food groups, if you will. I'm a big tofu guy. I've not yet tried a tofu taco, but I'm willing. Um, okay. But I'm lucky enough to have a, not just a skillet, but a little bit of an indoor grill, if you will. So I'm able to constantly, I am always ready to eat. Nicholas tells the truth, man. Marie's in the house. Grill too, which always lets me do a little bit more on the variety side. So it's um, it's been a great experience. I think I might need to hit the treadmill a little bit more once this is all said and done. But, you know, we'll we'll live with that. If that's my worst consequence, um, I guess I could just watch some soccer and take a little jog, you know. I, hey, I, I did, I'm, you missed one food group in there. Where are um, we at? Fish tacos. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's and that's a great point, right? But I typically do like my salmon and stuff that I'll make either in the oven or elsewhere. I typically do that on like a bed of like yellow rice or something like that. Mm. I think fish, you got to treat fish well. And I love fish tacos. But listen, when you know what you know and you know what you don't know, I am not the man to be making good fish tacos. That is not my wheelhouse. So I'm just going to stay in the uncomfortable, comfortable zone. Um, and just go with the ones I know, you know. Hey, Scott, let me let me push your your mental a little bit further, man. But uh, don't forget about those late night. I gotta make peanut butter and jelly, but I don't want the whole sandwich, so I fold it in half like a taco, or uh, even the uh, salami and cheese in the tortilla, kind of like a taco, uh, you know. And of course, if you want your ice cream a certain way, you know, I'm sure you could also throw a little bit of that in the you know in the shape of a shell. I'm just saying, you know, how many different foods, you know, you, there's different things you could do. Listen, we, man, and I, call I, am, I am super non-discriminate. I am up for anything. You know, there are there are no limitations on this table of mine. If I try it and I like it, it's likely going to stay, which, again, 
bad news for my stomach. Great, great news for the endorphins that good food gives me week in and week out. Hey, Alan, I think he's got a battle shack for uh, taco neck syndrome. Right. Let's do it. Love it. All in. You just let me know what I need. I will be the first one in line to make those. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> damn, damn, Taco Tuesday is a long way away now. <laughs> it is literally like the furthest away at this point in time. But we'll, listen, you and I will suffer together. I'm all in. <laughs> so I know that you can't get into, because they're going to release these in the next two days, the alignments. But um, are there any things that you're looking forward to with a new kind of realignment of the USL for the season? Is there anything that you're excited about um, either some matchups that we don't normally get. I don't, I know you can't give specifics, but is there, is, are there things that we should as fans be looking forward to for the next couple of days? These like the way you guys tease us with these releases, it's like mean, like Twitter's a buzz. Like <laughs> it's these four teams. No, it's these five teams. So is there something we should look forward to with this real alignment uh, and maybe getting to um, see some uh, teams that we don't normally see or some rivalries built? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think that's kind of um, that's kind of the the thing I respect most about the USL Championship fandom is y'all are always scheming. You are always on the look. You are always you are literally taking a map and drawing your own lines around divisions and deciding what should be what. And I love that. Right? Like, I think it, it would be a huge disservice of us to not pay attention to that stuff as well. Right? I think that's. That's a significant part of why we love the league, why we do. But um, I think what you'll see without teasing too much is that the regional rivalry aspect of this is crucial, right? We know that that is a massive part of this league. We have to take advantage of proximity, mainly because we are able to. It's a huge component of the league. It's something that we take a lot of pride in. But I think that's also where the the truest, like at, at its most grassroots level, that's where the fun is really, really built and contained and then grown from, right? Like it's it's something where um, I love how eclectic our group is within the 35 teams, but there is nothing better than traveling, whether it's from Reno to Sacramento or from whomever you guys decide is going to be your main rival. Has that been decided yet? Is, has San Diego come up with like a definitive, this is the one? They want New Mexico. Oh. No, I, I think I think everybody wants New Mexico, Chris. Uh, everybody wants New Mexico. Yeah, that's that's Phoenix's thing. We're gonna let them have Phoenix, New Mexico. They can just battle it out for terrible desert cities. Um, I, I think it boils down to when you talk about rivalries. I think it boils down to like the play on the pitch. Like you can't like the what makes New Mexico and Phoenix so enticing is they don't beat each other. It's always draws, even if it's like a wild three-three finish. Like that's what makes that rivalry great is no team has beat the other team in like, and so it's like, they have no like, well, we beat you. Ah. It's like, you don't have that across <laughs> two competitions. I right? think my, yeah. I, I think mine would have been Vegas just because they were our home opener and like what happened, but it's another state and you can't really be a rival with like OC. Cause they're just like, mm. they're just like <laughs> OC, right? Like it's just like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, like you can't be mad at them. There's not like these crazy people running around like going going nuts, right? Like it's just like okay. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's still very early to declare a rival. I mean, I don't represent all of the loyal fans, so I'm just gonna speak for myself. So right now it's still I don't know. 
But no, if you look okay, at right, like the the most organic rivalries are the ones that are grown from the ground, right? They don't mm-hmm. they don't need a whole lot of watering. You guys do that yourselves. That's the beauty mm-hmm. of it. But but just to 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 answer your question more specifically, I think that's going to be a key component of what you guys see over the next couple of days. Is it's truly going to be a, a focus on where can we take advantage of proximity first and foremost for player and club staff safety, right? We want to reduce travel. We want to make this a seamless process. We are very proud to be the first professional league back to return to home venues. But with that comes an increased awareness and importance from our part to really make the health and wellness aspect, the, the absolute priority. Like it's, um, it's almost going to sound more than a broken record, right? You're going to hear the same song over and over and over again. We're not just skipping at, at one part. Um, but it's important because it's, it's, it's the truth right now. Where else you get into it is where fans are not able to attend in reduced capacities. That's where we really want people chirping, right? Like that's where Twitter is going to do its thing. The social buzz is going to do its thing. And that is a testament to where the championship has come and how far it's come, right, to be able to develop the as many regional rivalries as we do. But more important than the league, it truly comes to the fans and their very natural love-hate friend but not friend relationship that they've developed with all these local markets, right? It's um, It's been really cool to see. I'm looking forward to, to the continued growth of those rivalries. I don't think we're anywhere near where we're going to be one day, uh, but we're really looking forward to that aspect more than anything. Yeah, it's like you look at the traditional rivalries in sport. It's geographical. Like you got your, you know, your Michigan, Ohio State, and you got your um, Manchester, um, the Manchester Derbies, your London Derbies. Like it's geographical. North or, London Derby, North London Derby. Whatever. North London is red. Let's whatever. Whatever. So, it doesn't so matter. Relevant. So relevant. Or, or it's like, <laughs> or it's like you know historical, um, where you have maybe teams that are kind of close, but just have this like historic battle on the field or on the pitch, and we just, it's like Vegas with, to be fair, it was kind of a boring match, and Vegas is kind of in a desert. In a, well, I mean, like they're Ronaldo on, so yeah. it's like who knows what that team's gonna look like over the next season or two. It's definitely not going to be Tacoma. Like, I don't think Tacoma is a rival with anybody. Uh, maybe Portland just because. Um, but I, I think we're excited, but we don't want it to be forced. Like, we want it to come naturally. And San Diego's all, you know, with the Dodgers, they have that thing going on. And so may, you, want it, you would look at Los Dos, but again, Los Dos is – you know, up and down, they played really well, and now who knows what they're going to look like. Um, and so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with those rivalries. Um, you did talk about coming back and player safety. Um, how much is the league kind of laying some stuff down, and how much of it is like you're just going to let the teams work with their local, like your counties or the local cities? How much of it is is league-driven, and how much of it is team-driven as far as how do they trust numbers? Do they not trust numbers? You know, is it team based? Is it so kind of where where is that decision making done right now? Yeah, well, what's great, right, is is as part of this task force that works with MLS, NWSL and the Federation, um, we're working with some of the best and brightest medical personnel and officials that are that are in this country, including the U.S. soccer chief medical officer. So we feel like 
it, it's been an, an incredible learning process. Um, I am very grateful to not have to learn all of these medical terms and instead just disseminate them to the public. I think I'm much better served um, saying them rather than actually having to, to learn them. But what I think is huge for us is that from a from a protocol standpoint, nothing the league office does or, or mandates will ever supersede a local or state health policy. And that's been the most important part of this process throughout is our ability to not just rely on national experts and regional experts and people who have um, a depth of knowledge far greater than anyone who we currently employ. It's also been the fact that we've been able to lean on local and state governments to say, hey, these are the areas we can't speak for what is going to be best in Phoenix from Tampa. We can't speak for what's going to be best in San Diego from Tampa. And we're very cognizant of that. So we will continue to rely on the local and state health officials, what they stipulate for clubs to be our driver in this process. And then what we are able to do from there is just build onto that information. Louisville is a great example, right? They were given the high number of 50% capacity. And what have they gone and done? They've said, well, that's great. But in order for us to continue to prioritize safety, we are looking at models that include a quarter of and a third of our full capacity. And that's, that is an encouraging part of this process, right? I mean, I think that it's important for us to return to home venues, but it will never supersede the health and safety of not just the ones on the field, but the technical staff on the sidelines and any and all fans that are able to come back in every single one of our markets. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's something that's always been refreshing with the USL. It seems like that's the way it, it, is run in general is that the teams do have a huge say in how things happen um, versus some other leagues in the United States where it doesn't quite feel that way. Uh, so kudos to you guys for, you know, having that mindset of we want to kind of create a unified league, but we also want each team to have their own kind of thing and their own kind of voice in that league. And that's where you get teams like Ford Madison doing what Ford Madison does with these like very unique visuals and kits and community outreach. Um, and you allow each team to kind of feel like you talked about before, like feel like home. Like they don't feel like this corporate entity. They feel like this natural growth out of the communities that they serve. Um, and so I, I know that that's been a concern here and in California, like, do we come back? I know the players want to play, but do I, as a fan, feel comfortable going back into? Why don't you say it right stadium now? Do you feel comfortable? And would you go back right now in this moment? Do I feel yeah. safe going yeah. back? Um, I think if probably not, probably not. Um, mm -hmm. I think definitely in the stands, unless they saw some very clear entering and exiting of stadium stuff. What about concessions? You just not do concessions so you don't have to worry about people mm -hmm. getting up. Um, I don't know if I would go as a fan. I mean, I think the way that the stadium is set up in, US, in San Diego, being a, uh, you know, the media, you have a little bit of ability to spread yourself out around the side of the pitch. Mm -hmm. um, and but I don't know if I'd be ready to go back into a stadium right now. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't force other people not to it's outside, you know, things have shown outside with masks and social distancing seems to work. 
Um, I just don't know if I would put myself in that position, but if other people want to, and they have a safe way of doing it, I support it hundred percent. And you know, I'm going to be watching on ESPN plus. So yeah. <laughs> and, and taking notes and watching it 14 times and talking about it on a podcast, but um yeah, and then calling Landon's direct line right after, right? That's more Marissa's thing than my thing. There you go. She's got, there she's got go. it in there. Um, I don't. I don't have Landon's number, but uh, I'm sure I could get it. <laughs> Just hit up Carrie. Right? Carrie your name. Hit up Nate. Or Ricardo. <laughs> like you hear that, Ricardo? You hear that? Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, if, you, if you want a breakdown, you call Nate. Like, he's the one watching all of the throw-ins from the previous match. So right? if you want that kind of – that's who you hit up. I think I would uh, definitely go back only because I've been out and about with safe distance, and I feel – but only if there's no concessions and, like, there's, like, limited capacity. I think I'm just – I don't know if I, because it's outdoors, right? Like that's a little bit better and more comfortable for me. Um, but I also, I don't know. I don't have fear. So I don't know. That's a bigger discussion, which we we don't need to go to get into right now. It's an Arsenal now. discussion right there, honestly. What'd you say? I said it's an Arsenal discussion, honestly. When oh, you yeah. <laughs> living, living without fear of consequence for the future. I understand. Yeah. No, I mean, I've only been a fan for six years, so it's all good. I'm it's not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna get into all the history of Arsenal and all our our cups and you know all of that stuff. And yeah, I and how many of them have not been won in the last six years? But you know, that's just coming from a Liverpool fan who has seen just as few trophies. It's all good. Uh, all actually, there. won the FA Cup in 2017. So okay, that's true. That's true. Right before we was that right before we stole Ox, or was that um, right after? I don't know if it's stealing. We actually still respect him. It's not like you're. It's like Alexis or something. He's on wherever he's at. And that's one thing I do love about Arsenal. There's this whole Gooner for life moniker that rolls around where whether the player claims it or not, they are still in the hearts of the fan base. But that's something I'm gunner, always a gunner. That's true. That's true. I just, I, 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 just I just want to slow you both down because, uh, you know, I don't know when the last time Liverpool won a treble while it's been called the Prem, but. Wow, I'm about to fall asleep listening mm. to a United fan talk about history one. <laughs> But uh, if you want to get into recent success, I only need to look at June 1st, 2019, just to see number six. And I think you can be half that in your arsenal. Hey, you can have you can have one treble, okay? It's okay. Uh, listen, 2001, we came close. We fell a little bit short in the league to you, respectively. Um, and and where credit is due, I will give it. But um, I think that I'm I'm pretty comfortable with watching y'all park the bus 11 men in the third. Uh, when we come to Old Trafford, so and, and Chris, what are you talking about? Liverpool will have won three tro- uh, trophies this year. Uh, a league so. titles since it's been the Prem. League ninety one. League, World Club, World Cup. Oh which, no, no, but we're just talking about the Prem. We're yeah, this year, about- this year, and two more points, they'll have the league. So you'll have you'll World have Cup. you'll have one to the thirteen. I got you. What's that? <laughs> you'll have one to thirteen. I got you. It's a it's a it's a big jump. And the yeah, most trophies of any English team ever. Chris only considers soccer to have started in 1992. That, that is really right. So, listen, it's cool, man. It's cool. I also <laughs> pretend a lot of history doesn't exist. But that's more from a selfish standpoint than anything. And that goes well outside of soccer. 
Hey, I'm just saying they don't name Chivas bottles after one treble, you know? <laughs> Amen. Amen. No, I feel you. I feel you. When and Travis, call me and we'll be on the same page. Okay. And Travis, is that you'll never bark alone? Is that what the B is there, Travis? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, tra- so Punk Rock Paint uh, is Travis. He's the guy who did our logo. He does a bunch of art in the community, uh, designed uh, some stuff for the locals. Yeah, you never bark alone. If you I have you seen these, he basically loyalized a bunch of these uh man, you gotta put those on the screen. Yeah, she'll look it up. So he he's a f- phenomenal artist, uh, and he just started to loyalize a bunch of crests and like Premier League. He did he's done some of the Liga Amekis. He's done just tons and tons of these. He mm-hmm. just did a Phoenix one, which is one of my favorites. It's glorious. Um, um, but uh, yeah, if you have not seen these, these are great. Like the Liverpool one is phenomenal. Like throw up Phoenix. Yeah, it's uh, he's so good. Yeah, he is good. Turning these crests into like royal crests, and so that's some of his his artwork. Um, and some of them is like you can definitely tell, like the Barca one, the Liverpool one, um, the Tottenham one was legit too. Newcastle, um, look at that Newcastle crest. That's remarkable, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what, uh, yeah, he threw that up. You'll never bark alone, uh, reference, <laughs> and also to continue to, um, loyalize the, uh, same the sayings. He's got actually yeah. pulling in there. He's clearly an eclectic artist, too. You know, we're talking like smaller, smaller fish in Bundesliga, and then you got. Some of the biggest clubs in the world in there. I respect this. This is good. Yeah, yeah. More of good. Yeah, you can check it out. We we didn't we didn't prepare all of the logos, so I don't have them uploaded to show. But yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> yeah, give him a follow for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. Oh. So you also have a podcast. Yeah. Is that? It steals some time. Yeah. How did that- my podcast, let's be light on the term mine, right? I'm a very willing participant. Yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey Steele at the league office. I mean, she she absolutely kills it. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to be her co-host and to, to do that week in and week out. Um, we haven't seen a lot of Steele some time recently due to mm-hmm. uh, the events going on around the world. But um, Friday, we have a nice little recap show coming out for folks. That's going to be some Steele some time branding and um, – we're looking forward to, to starting that back up again, even if it has to be remote for a little bit, um, because we have games soon. And, and where games come, Kelsey, in my opinions, come as well. So whether right or wrong, agreeable or not, um, we're glad to be slowly but surely getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, she did come out to our first game. So, like, we love her here in San Diego. She was all about it and all around during that first match. So it was good to see her out. Um, who is the better cook between the two of you? Oh man, that's gonna get me in trouble. Regardless, of whether I say, if I say me, she's gonna be like, "Wow, you downplayed your skills." But if I say her, she's gonna be like, uh, "No, other way around." If I say her, she's gonna be like, "Wow, Scott, you didn't say enough about yourself." If I say me, she's gonna get really upset. So, in the spirit of neutrality, I think that we both have incredible skills, and we can both make different things probably very, very well. Uh, but you know, I'm always gonna back me. I'm always gonna. I'm always gonna go to bat where I need to. That was very. That was very PR of you. That was uh, a very nice. Surprise, very right? nice answer. <laughs> answer, but not answer. Hey Scott, I got. A, I got a question for you, Scott. Yeah. 
So, you know, in the way that, that, that a lot of these, you know, the pods and, and the blogs typically kind of follow the USL's uh, lead as far as, you know, how many communications really put out, what kind of topics to, to really uh, dive into. Um, what has been kind of your reaction as you're watching all of our different pods or blogs, you know, who are covering USL teams, just really kind of prepare content week after week after week through this whole thing. Um, I mean, what, what has been kind of your, your take on that? And what, what are some of the things that have been discussed uh, at headquarters about that? No, that's a fantastic question, right? So I think selfishly, I was able to develop an appreciation for those things in Indianapolis and in Louisville, right? Like I was able to experience the fan media side of things very firsthand, develop an appreciation for it, right? Where I don't think that um, I would have been able to get that if I had only been at the league office throughout the entirety of my, my soccer career, if you will. Right. Like I think, um, I think fan media has a very appropriate place because you guys are speaking literally for your, your fellow supporters. Right. And that, in turn becomes a representation of the community. You know, I know you guys have a, a good podcast network out in San Diego, but that's why we love speaking to different fan groups because at the end of the day, this is about a collection of perspective, right? And that's something that we are always trying to learn more for, learn more about. Um, that's been one of the most entertaining, but also just, just gratifying parts of my job at the championship is, I'm essentially the the number one contact for all of the communication staff at that level. And with that, I've been able to dive into not just fan culture, but but especially the fan media side of things. And I'm just extremely appreciative to learn that there are that many different perspectives out there as it relates to anything under the sun. That's the beauty of it. I don't think that that you guys know any bounds as it comes to topics and, and things you guys want to touch on and, and opinionize on. Um, but what's great is we take all of that. Right. And I think you saw it a, a little bit in the championship level with supporters week last week or last year, rather, where we were trying to continue to implement, um, just some really cool things, a celebration of our supporters and our supporter groups around the championship. But, um, even if it moves virtual this year or is postponed to next year, we are always celebrating you guys. We are always taking what you say into our sphere of opinions, into our circle of influence, because it's important, right? It's not just, you know, I think we have a tremendous amount of respect for the Board of Governors and what they bring to the table. We have a tremendous amount of respect for the USLPA and what they have brought to the table in terms of perspective. But we will never be anywhere, to borrow the old Jock Stein quote, football without fans is nothing. So take that even into the overall sphere and, and idea of USL and, and our thought process, right? We know that we are nowhere without you guys and, and what drives us, whether it is solely supporter or whether it's a mix or whether it is all fan media, um, all of it is valuable to us. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I am all for it. Um, uh, Alan, do you have anything else you want to ask? I'm not sure if you uh, want to. Yeah. Who, who do we send hate mail to for the upcoming power ranking? <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I mean, you can send it to me because I'm all hearing about it anyway, and that's kind of the beauty of it. But, uh, but that, is, that is our man, Nicholas J. Murray, right there. That is our man, N-G-E or N-J-E Murray on Twitter. Uh, that That is his project. I'm lucky enough to be able to review those every once in a while and um, and, and rightly align with his opinions because I'm always going to back my guy, Nicholas. But um, 
that's that's the beauty of him, right? He knows this league better than anybody else. Anybody else, I'm I could never be more confident of it. So if he says that he's putting San Diego at four or San Diego at twelve, or God forbid, this is hypothetical, right? Let's let's hold the hand up. 28, 33, 35, I'm going to back him. So um, I, I believe in him very much. But listen, send it to me anyway because I'm, I'm always willing to uh, to field some of those answers or questions and, and provide some not super astute answers on the other side. Hey, man, I got to say I'm a, I'm a Nick Murray fan. Like the, I, I must have read most of his opinion pieces just to uh, get through the beginning of COVID, man. And we're still trying to get Nick out here for the green chili, so. You know. And he will too. Like I said, the the man is a genius. He covers USL better than anybody ever possibly could. Um, and I know he welcomes the heat. If if there is smoke wanted on the other side, Nicholas will provide the fire for the discussion. So uh, feel free to let him know. Because I've always been a little curious. It seems a little bit trollish at times, like where they put specific teams to troll some fan bases to get some conversations going. But I res- like I get respect the troll a little bit. You gotta like you gotta respect that game because I mean that's one of the elements that USL does really well is these fan bases like really getting under each other's skin. But in a like mostly friendly way and the banter's <laughs> great. So uh we we know that the league office is supposed to be neutral, but we know that there's a little bit of that little jab here and there conversation started here and there marissa yeah yeah so i want to know do you have a burner account scott i do not have a burner <laughs> account i have i have yeah. successfully avoided the burner game and i'm happy okay. to admit it. uh okay. my relative <laughs> listen my twitter presence is like 80 percent liverpool anyway um so there's no need for me to have a burner because i get all my burner opinions out on my main anyway got it got it <laughs> Well, we, I'll trust that that you told the truth. So uh, thank you. But if it ever comes in question, just feel free to shout me down. I love doing the internet tracing. Right? We'll track that guy down. We'll track that gal down. Uh, we'll get to the root of their identity. But one day I'll be able to prove it's it's not your boy over here sitting back on the uh, the Twitter fingers. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's too much energy. Like it's already too much to like be on Twitter all the time and respond to things and interact and. So that's actually the thing. I'm never on Twitter. I'm never on social media. Like I will, I'll read things and I love reading things that are sent to me, especially like, Hey, here's a valuable perspective. But my, um, my life and my affinity is not for social media. I'm just not a big social media guy. I got really burnt out doing it for a few years. Um, and now I just trust that, um, if I'm being sent something, it's worth my time and I'm, I'm eager to read it, but that is why I'm able to preserve all this energy as it doesn't go out on, on twitter.com. And that's, uh, that's something I'm grateful for. I am with you on that. Uh, managing multiple accounts, it definitely can be burnout. So I with I'm with you like, Oh, did you get that Twitter? Did you see my feed? I'm like, no, I'm busy. Sorry. <laughs> Email me or text me or something. But again, people take it personally, but like I again, I'm only talking about Liverpool most of the time anyway. So like I'm only gonna I'm gonna do the same thing in real life. You don't need to also follow me. If you follow me, it's it's just a bonus to to what I've got going on. Got it. Oh, <laughs> well, I do follow you, so maybe I'll mute you now that you're going to talk about Liverpool. We'll just, we'll just mute mute those things. That's Bad, all. badge of honor at that point. Honestly, <laughs> you know, I've reached that point with so many people. I'm sure it's not a number I'm comfortable hearing out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You mute. You don't block. You mute. 
That way they yeah. can just scream into the void. That's what I've been told by several <laughs> soccer reporters is it, oh, the I mute mean, works better than the block because then yes. you can just like drop a little nugget in and then mute. <laughs> and one day we'll get into the story. This is the first time this has been public knowledge, right? This is an incredible, incredible story. Um, Landon Donovan's main account has blocked me on Twitter and has had me blocked for probably around a decade We'll talk about it one day. Now is not oh, the But it's um, oh. it's so he came to the league office a, a few months ago, and um, it was an incredible honor to meet him. Right, not just because of what he's doing out of San Diego, but because of who he is as a person, because of what he's contributed to the game. But he's also just a very humble guy and a, and a super impressive human being. Um, and I did not bring it up then. I'm looking forward to my trip out to San Diego. Maybe we can break it over, uh, over a bourbon or a beer or something like that. But it is, um, it is a story and it involved a very young, naive mind of mine. And, um, now I'm, now I'm reaping what I sowed, you know, it'll be, uh, oh man, I'm going to go digging. <laughs> well, they are, they are long gone, my friend. Anything you do is futile. None of that exists anymore. It's, uh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> now I get to call the SD Landon account, which is again in honor of mine. You know, I'm one for two on not getting blocked. I'll hold on that ratio for now. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about this one. Right, right we'll have to, have to bring you back on just for this. This is going to be like the world's longest like cliffhanger. We're like, yeah, we'll bring him back and we'll talk about it. But well, yeah, uh, what happened? How he break it? Let's hear it. On, we'll a, hear on our after. on our Patreon, when we set that up, it'll be on the Patreon. Right? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, so is there anything else that you want to kind of share or tell to the San Diego community um, message from the league office or something personal that you, a little nugget of, you know, you've been in the league for a while, a little nugget of, you know, truth bomb or something you want to drop here for, I'll, we'll give you the, we'll give you the floor. Yeah, I don't know if I want to, if I'm necessarily speaking for the the entirety of the league, but I would hope so in what I'm about to say. Um, having seen clubs build from the ground up and and seeing what it looks like to do things very organically, but also very well, right? We've been extremely encouraged by what the Loyal have represented, not just from a, a playing aspect or a technical staff aspect, but I mean, you look at what they did from day one, right? I mean, they they didn't rush anything. They didn't come out and, and put their stamp on the community. They let the community put their stamp on the club. And that is always what's going to be the most important part of this process, right? So you look at, again, the work that that an incredible, incredible group in Warren Smith, um, Andrew Alicides and, and Landon Donovan have done, right? Holding listening sessions, making sure they are constantly tapped in with the community, tapped in with the fan base and prioritizing what they are giving the club. I think it's the most important thing in the world, right? Because it's easier for a team to come into a market and say, this is how we're going to do things. And we hope you conform to us, right? It takes a lot more time and effort to go into a market and say, okay, we are here now, but we recognize that although we claim this community as our own, it is also your community. And the most important thing for any club to do is to listen, 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 right? In, in this day and age, we all love talking, myself especially, um, but the most important part of things is always going to be listening to the people that are around you and the people that have made you from the ground up. And that's what, that's one thing that I've been really, really pleased to see, but also just encouraged by, um, and it's hopefully a model down the road for future clubs, what's going on in San Diego. 
listening. That is so perfect. Listen, I really mm -hmm. like that. So mm -hmm. where can people find you on the socials? Yeah. Uh, Twitter is about it. I'm, I'm on Instagram, but like I said, it's, it's not anything anybody's interested in anyway. Um, I've, I've gotten over posting my breakfast. I'll say that I've evolved a little bit on my Instagram game, but uh, <laughs> Twitter is probably the, the main source. You can find me at I'm Scott Stewart. Um, it's a, it's a pretty championship heavy feed when it's not Liverpool. So just be prepared for, um, a lot of soccer and the occasional Indiana reference, which I hope offends nobody. Um, I try and stay pretty neutral. No, thank you. We really appreciate your time here and all the energy that you brought. Thank you for saving that up for your time zone right now. What is it? Almost one in the morning. I don't no, know. We're, we're approaching 11, but I've got, um, I've got a couple things I got to do at 11 anyway. So we're in great shape. This was, you Perfect. guys really helped me fit into a schedule. This was, <laughs> a, this was a mutual thing right. that we got going on. We're all good. Perfect. Awesome. Well, we'll see you online and hopefully see you in San Diego soon. Thank Absolutely. You. That's the plan. When it's safe and we're all ready, I can't wait to be out there. But guys, <laughs> appreciate all your time. It's great to speak with all of you and hopefully we can do it again soon. Yep. Thank you. Nice. Take care. Right on. All righty, my friends. Yeah. That was awesome. And it's that means cool. we are one episode closer to more matches more soccer and hopefully less banter about liverpool because they're gonna win the league soon and it'll be over and we'll be like here trophy cool it's all i'm really hoping they don't win it i'm hoping that it just goes all the way down to the the, the deciding siding matches <laughs> yeah whatever um where's that little kid's letter i need that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, I'll be happy, and I know that you'll be sad, so it makes me happier. Um, no, I'm nope. happy for you, Alan. I am happy for you. I'm not happy for a lot of Liverpool fans, they will go unnamed, but uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Alan, I'm happy for you, yeah, not for, not for, <laughs> not, not, not for Jeremy Jaramillo in the, in the audience. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I. I know there's been like lifelong Liverpool fans. This is like the culmination of, you know, a, a lifelong journey of not really having it happen for them. So like, I'll be ecstatic, but I know that there will be more people out there that this is like life changing for them. And I am just there for that to cheer along with them. Um, now tomorrow and Friday are the league alignments. Uh, so check, check yeah. those out groups of four and five um if you aren't on twitter checking out <laughs> what about travis travis we're always yeah, happy for you we're yeah, always happy for you um <laughs> and with uh yeah just check it out on their twitter feed um groups of fours groups of fives i think three groups of five um rumors you'll see them flying around twitterverse right now about who's going to be in what group i mean obviously it's going to be san diego orange county la um, probably Vegas, and then whether or not Phoenix gets tossed to us or gets tossed into the Four Corners Cup, which would be cool. Um, those things are still yet to be determined. Selfishly, I would like Phoenix to go play with New Mexico and those guys because um, I think that's a really competitive market, and then the chances of uh, San Diego making the playoffs get even better. Uh, if we get <laughs> if we get Phoenix, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be very competitive. It's going to be a fun uh, sixteen game. We'll play fourteen. 
uh, 16 game little mini tournament and playoffs. So um, that's what you have to look forward to. Um, any thoughts about who you want? I'll tell yeah. you. I, I'm, uh, I'm Go, gonna, ahead, Go ahead, Chris. Well, this isn't going to probably happen, right? But I, I think that if there could be a group of death bracket, okay, I would see San Diego, Phoenix, New Mexico, and El Paso. Just, just go underneath and just grab those four teams, and that'll just be everyone. That's all everyone's going to watch. Like a celebrity death match. Just, like, go at it all the time. Yeah? It's the power seeds. It's the power team uh, right there. It's going to be – I think it's just going to be a fun – it's going to be fun regardless because we're going to – we're going to get matched up against a couple good teams, regardless how it gets, how it gets set up. Uh, maybe this helps build a rivalry uh, in these kind of geographical regions, uh, but check them out. Um, we'll retweet it when we see it. And then we'll definitely be talking about some stuff next week as we uh, wind into uh, the, the kickoff of our re kickoff of our season. I just want to point out there is playing for pride. Uh, we're going to be talking about that one soon as well. Uh, it's a fundraiser every year um, in the soccer community. Um, if you don't know about it, uh, Colin Martin's been tweeting out about it uh, quite uh, not quite a bit, but just a little bit. So um, we'll be amplifying that voice as well. Um, and so, Marissa, uh, the uh, what, yeah. what this, this weekend though we have to talk about that. What what what? The Challenge Cup. Oh, the Challenge Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just very briefly, I'm excited to see some, like, women's soccer on the pitch. So I have no yeah. expectations. There's no expectations, whether it's the NWSL or USL or the seating or whatever. There's no expectations. I'm just happy soccer is back. I'm just yeah, trying to on. see the OL rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be on the CBS Sports Network. Um, if you don't know, uh, they do, like, a free week. And then you pay for the whole month, and that will pretty much get you through the entire Challenge Cup. Uh, so if you play your cards right and sign up right before games start, uh, you can watch the entire the entire thing for like six bucks. Uh, so that's well worth it. Uh, we do try to amplify those voices um, on Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you aren't subscribed to the Athletic, uh, there's a couple of reporters that uh, write for the Athletic and do. Um, great job um the one i follow a lot is meg linehan l-i-n-e-h-a-n it's meg linehan on the twitter machines uh and she's gonna be putting out a bunch of content i know bgn is gonna be doing preview and recaps of per day uh so there's gonna be a ton of material out there that we're gonna be amplifying uh so yeah marissa i am pretty stoked to watch that um but by then the, the Premier League might be over anyway, so it'll just be uh, tension all on NWSL and uh, building up to the kickoff of uh, USL. So uh, let's, let's be honest, the Premier League is over. We just we just had to bring the Premier League back so you guys could get your trophy. That's right? really the reason. Oh, we know. Man. We know. Don't hate the play. Hit the game. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not hating. I just. <laughs> I was talking to Chris. I saw his face. I saw his eye rolls. <laughs> I saw that rolls. Uh, hey man, the we're longest getting, two points. We're getting into our like our post show material right now where we banter too much. So right. how can we find you, Alan, on the socials? 
A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Yeah, it's uh, this is how it is. If you're watching YouTube, that's how you can follow Alan. That's it. And Chris, how do we follow you? Uh, you can find me at by Chris Walker on Twitter and on Instagram. You'll get hobbied hobbies and inspirational videos. So, yeah. And you guys can find me at hashtag Marissa spelled out. Not don't use a pound sign or a hashtag. Spell it out. Hashtag Marissa on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you'll get Arsenal stuff, maybe some social media talk and coffee, I guess. Want to talk coffee? Talk to me. All right. That's it for episode 24. We are going to sign off now. And uh, don't forget to subscribe on any fav- one of your favorite podcast platforms. They're anywheres. And thanks for all you guys for stopping by and hopping in the chat. Have a good night, guys. Good night. Later, Harry. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hi, Harry. Bye. Oh, and John was (laughs) here, too. Bye. (laughs) This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create a kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.